Hello everyone, welcome to Struggle Session. I am your host, Leslie Lee III. Today, as always, I am joined by my co-host, Jack Allison, and returning for part two of our Batman series, Robbie Marden of Media Roots Radio. 2008, Bush era, baby, full swing. Where do we begin? A year ago, these uh, cops and lawyers wouldn't dare cross any of you. I mean, what happened? So what are you proposing? It's simple. Kill the Batman. (laughs) Here's my card. Bruce, this is Harvey Dent. Rachel's told me everything about you. I certainly hope not. You once told me that we'd be together. Did you mean it? Bruce, don't make me your only hope for a normal life. You're Alfred, right? That's right, sir. Any psychotic ex-boyfriends I should be aware of? Oh, you have no idea. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We're tonight's entertainment. Well, hello, beautiful. You look nervous. I've seen now what I have to become to stop men like him. The night is darkest just before the dawn. I promise you, the dawn is coming. And here we go. This city deserves a better class of criminal. I'm gonna give it to him. No! You'll see. I'll show you. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. in the back putzer? In the middle of the day, Alfred? Not very subtle. The Lamborghini, then. Much more subtle. The Dark Knight, a Batman for a post-9-11 world, comes storming into the box office and is one of the biggest movies of all time. Huge stars, huge uh, publicity, in large part due to, yes, of course, he's... Heath Ledger and his performance as the Joker, which, you know, blew everybody's socks off and was amazing, but came in the shell of the fact that, you know, he did tragically pass away at a very young age just before uh, the film uh, came out. So there was a, you know, a real tinge of like sadness and realness that people had watching this performance. And that's why this film probably is number one on most people's list as far as Batman films go. It's not on number one on my list. In fact, The Dark Knight, I have it pretty high. I have it at number five. I think it's very, very good. I still enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. It used to be number one on my list. It's fallen down a bit. I feel like with Christopher Nolan, every time I watch 
one of his movies i like it a bit less that's why i've mm-hmm. only watched the prestige once um and <laughs> you know this prestige one sti- might be the best of them honestly yeah but this one's still you know if it's, it passes the tnt test easily if it's on tnt i'm probably gonna watch a little bit of it even there some parts of it drag but i still think it's a pretty good superhero crime thriller probably about the best you're probably gonna get yeah, I mean, I, I think The Dark Knight is pretty good as well. It suffers from almost like late 90s superhero movie making um, in that it felt like it needed to squeeze in an extra villain. If Dark Knight was just the Heath Ledger Joker and if it was just, you know, Batman and the Joker going back and forth for the entire movie, that would have been like a pretty close to perfect movie. But it has all this weird shit with Aaron Eckhart's Two-Face and like a whole it just feels very superfluous all the extra like you know a- there's a lot of padding that goes on in uh in the dark night that i think people sometimes even forget well the thing is that whole storyline is what comes straight from the comics the long yeah. halloween which is mm-hmm. adapted for in both the dark night and the new bat the batman movie adapts the long ha- halloween but that uh right. dent wayne gordon deal that's straight uh from the long halloween comic comic uh, beat by beat doesn't not done very well in the yeah, movie it doesn't, like, i work have to that say. well like it's unfortunate because you know like i said i i do think ledger's joker is very good and there's a lot of really cool shit in this movie like i i i'll always remember the shot of you know the joker walking away from the hospital that's blowing up oh yeah that was a planned demolition already like there, there's just cool shit like and it feels big and it feels like a big movie um but, you know, I'm going to stick with my list as I, you know, from my gut uh, initially put it together. And I had put Dark Knight at eight uh, kind of chunked together Ooh. with all the rest of the Nolans. Uh, my opinion last week when we made this list and, you know, my opinion could change at any given time. And I felt that I needed to stick with the one that I uh, put together last week, <laughs> even if I might have revised it this week. Uh, but my feeling was that the Nolan Batmans kind of got worse with each iteration that like the first Batman Begins was the tightest like storyline wise and felt the most like a complete and you know full movie um, and then they kind of got more and more unwieldy um, as the franchise went on. I mean it definitely felt like they just added an extra villain. I even remember the marketing for the movie was interesting where it was almost like they didn't actually tease really anything. Mm-hmm. I mean Harvey Dent was obviously in it but People didn't know Two Face was in it until I remember right before the movie came out, and they released an official image of like the you know the CGI burned half face, um, what's his face, and that seemed very much like a spoiler. And I remember thinking like, why would they do that? Because yeah, I right, remember like, that the very movie seemed clearly, to be marketed, yeah. in my opinion, like really well already. Yeah, like it had the posters for it were like great. I remember like the All imagery for the marketing yeah. was like really solid. And when they put that yeah. out, I was like that seems like an unnecessary move. Yeah. I remember that, Robbie. It, the day it happened, I was like, what? Because yeah, 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 I yeah. think at the point, we mostly assumed that, oh, they're going to do Two Face in the next one. In they're the next one. Introducing that, Harvey. They're, they're Dent setting now. it up for this. I kind of feel like it was a weird thing where. You know, obviously Heath Ledger died and they didn't know that that was going to happen. But the, the way the movie kind of telegraphs is like, okay. Two-Face is taken care of. Joker will be back to fight another day. And obviously, that's not the way things worked out. Uh, But that's like, if you're listening to what the movie is trying to tell you, like, that's kind of what the movie sets up. 
I, I think that the movie has some of the greatest, like, I don't know, Batman moments is the right word, but just Batman universe yeah, I know, moments. Yeah, exa- I know exactly what <laughs> you mean, Robbie. You know, like the Joker interrogation scene. That's like perfect. That's straight from sure. the comics. Yeah, the, I, I really, really love the way that the Joker is introduced. I'm not so much of like, I'm not thrilled at the whole bank heist setup. I like it, but I like his first, like when he appears on screen and he just like, he just says, uh, yeah whatever doesn't kill you makes you stranger or something. I don't even remember what his exact words were. I love that introduction <laughs> from him. I love his first inter- introducing himself to the mobsters is like, my, that's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. Oh, that's real the, good. The part that mm-hmm. I think actually suffers the most in this movie is there's very weird pacing issues that kind of honestly go through almost all of Nolan's movies to some degree. And I mean, the chase scene between Batman and the Joker toward the middle of the movie is is great. It might be one of Nolan's like best tightest action set pieces. Um, even though the story yes. behind it is kind of convoluted, like Harvey Dent's pretending to be the Batman <laughs> and then Gary Oldman's or Christopher Gordon pretended to oh, die, God. but he didn't really die. Like that whole thing is very odd. Right. And it, it kind of brings down the movie just story wise, but yes, uh, there's just some great moments. Probably my least favorite moment though, is the introduction of Batman on screen in this movie where he, grabs the guy's gun like the first time you see batman on screen in the dark knight he grabs the dude's gun and does like that hydraulic robot power batman move where he like bends the guy's gun barrel <laughs> i i hate for some reason i hate that <laughs> like it, it irritates the crap out of me i like that he's chasing scarecrow but some of those initial batman moments are weird there's some cool stuff in that action scene like where he slams on the top of the car but i mean and the batman suit in this movie kind of sucks to me but I really like everything else about it. I think the score in this movie, the scary kind of uneasy feeling, sort of like almost like weird violin out of tune sound is is a big improvement from Batman yeah. Begins. So Yeah, it's great. It's a great score. It's a really, really uh top notch score. But yeah, there there's always been things about it that bothered me. Like like you said me too. the middle part of the plotting of Commissioner Gordon's dead, but no, he's just lying to his wife. <laughs> and yeah. you know, the Harvey None did stuff like stuff. No, none of it worked. None of it works. And the stuff with Rachel who has been recast with someone who looks completely like Maggie Gyllenhaal and um What's her name? Uh, Tom Cruise is old. Katie. Uh, Katie what's it? Katie Holmes. Holmes. Katie Holmes. Yeah. Could not lock. Could not look more different. You could have yeah. just written that character out of the movie since you're just killing her in it anyway. It just man, a lot. The yeah, romance a lot of didn't baffling, work. Like yeah, there's a lot of baffling like script decisions in this movie, and I feel like people a lot of the times like there's so much that works about the look and about some individual scenes and stuff like that that people kind of like give a pass to a lot of the you know it, it just feels like there's a lot of like patches in oh, this yeah. movie. You know what I mean? Like a lot of stuff like where they're like, well, we didn't quite get that worked out, but let's shoot and fuck it, we'll figure it out and it'll be fine. No one will that notice. That makes me wonder. Uh, I don't know if which one of you guys brought it up, but it does make me wonder if there is some kind of. If I can give this movie like a little bit of a pass because Heath Ledger died, like there are some very weird, sure editing choices, like the right. scene where they're they siege the Wayne apartment, they jump out the window, and then it just cuts to a completely new scene, like where the Joker's still in the apartment. I remember just that just doesn't even make sense from a filmmaking point of view. So I almost wonder if just Ledger was dead by then, and they didn't even have a chance to like film the next scene or you know the next shots of him 
or whatever is supposed to happen there. Um, just because so it just doesn't make any sense. Like even when I watch it now, I'm just like this scene is so like jarring for me. Um, yeah, I don't know anything. I don't know that much about the behind the scenes of it, but I do get like. I, I do think in the general sense that, like, the plotting of this movie was designed to have, like, another big showdown, you know, with the Joker in mm-hmm. the next movie. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and obviously that uh, uh, isn't what ended up happening. I mean, he's great. He is great in this, and he was a great actor in general, you know. Um, but, but yeah, that uh, I think that that, you know, kind of messed with what the plot of this movie was. And, Robbie, where did you have this at? I think I actually, you know, it's it's funny. I, I ranked it at four, even though when I'm thinking about, I actually tried watching it last night. So like, my opinion fell of it a little bit, and I think it's mostly because of the pa- pacing issues. It's the other flaws yes. I can get over, but it's the pacing. I lose interest in the movie. My attention definitely like drifts at various points in the movie to a degree that's like right. too like much. I'm just like, if it wasn't yeah. for that, I think I would probably rank it higher. I don't know if I would still say it's a four, maybe a five, but yeah, four is what I ranked it. It, it kind of reminds me weirdly of Spider-Man three uh. in a weird way. Like it kind of reminds yeah. me of uh, in the sense that like Raimi, like you feel like he was forced mm-hmm. to throw venom in there. You know what I mean? And so the movie itself kind of feels a little less like a movie and more just like, oh, here's all these moments we had to cram in and it's coming in at the length of of what a movie yeah, yeah, is yeah. um see i don't yeah, I, I, I don't want to let nolan off the hook for that <laughs> i think it was very like the, like because what is like the theme of this movie if not the it's all about like two-face like the like the since the sure, protagonist of this movie is like to is like harvey dent for some reason and whether batman believes in him or not and whether and batman's supposed to be retiring because uh oh god all right so christopher <laughs> nolan's like p- politics in this are just very very strange but ba- we're supposed to think batman is bad because he's a vigilante who breaks the law right and so yeah. the solution to this is like a good district attorney like harvey did so this movie is basically yes. like it's like law and order mm-hmm. right it's like we need a jack mccoy to save us like they're not like batman isn't the real superhero district attorneys are the real superheroes (laughs) Um, and that's kind of like where this and that's like the whole movie so i don't think the two-faced stuff is like maybe is is added in excisable i mean i i i agree that it's not added in it just does feel superfluous and probably would have been better would have been better as like making him the villain in a subsequent movie yeah also by the way you know, um, Joker looks so cool. Like the makeup on Joker works really well. Like you know, Heath Ledger really works as Joker. And then we get to Two Face, who looks goofy as shit. He looks it like sucks. a goofy little cartoon yeah. character. Like it sucks <laughs> actually. Just, oh my god! Like like the the uh, I think the honestly the Tommy Lee Jones one was better. It was more fun, it, and it stayed. It looked real at least. It looked like it, it wasn't like, like makeup. You know what I mean? Jello. It looked like it was actually physically there on his face, not this weird like three D goop on his face or something. Yeah, that I I was just remembering one of my favorite scenes in the movie actually is probably the first time Harvey Dent and Bruce Wayne meet, and it has sort of this weird that I like, like kind of almost like gay subtext energy to it where it's like 
Bruce Wayne's like Russian girlfriend like hates Batman, but she doesn't know Bruce Wayne's Batman. She's arguing with uh, Harvey Dent, and Harvey Dent's like a Batman fan, but he doesn't realize Bruce Wayne's Batman. And and Bruce Wayne just kind of yes. sitting there like smiling, like grinning. Like I like mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the vibe <laughs> of that scene. And I I I wish they built up Harvey Dent as a character more in that department because I think you're right. If they left him for the third movie to become Two Face, it would have worked. I don't know about the design, but it, at the very least, they could have at least built yeah. him up as being like, yeah, he's got this mental illness that he's hiding and he's trying to rein it, rein it in or whatever. And then he just snapped. But the way the movie portrays it, it's like he just snaps way too easily and snaps in a, Quickly, way, a way that yeah. just yeah. doesn't make sense. Like, why would he team up with the Joker so quickly after the Joker just like killed Bert, like blew up his girlfriend? It just the, the whole thing is yeah. just funny. But um, yeah, anyways. <laughs> I mean, it's also like, you know, and this is slightly in a good way. You're like, they were trying to make the movies just be like not so sequel dependent. You know, it was like kind of pre Marvel. So there wasn't so much like we're going to set up this character to be this character in a future movie. But this is a time when it actually would have worked to just have Harvey Dent be like a good guy for the entire movie uh, and then wait until the next one to have him uh, reveal as uh, Two-Face. Yeah, it's the Two-Face plot that really like you know, that that takes this down a notch in my regard, because I, I think like a lot of times when people think about the Dark Knight, they think about all the great moments and there really are a lot of great moments. But there's also a lot of other stuff in the movie. And, you know? and I do want to mention the two face story when done well is great. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman oh, sure. annual 1990, uh, Batman annual number 14 amazing Two-Face story, which was loosely adapted to a Batman the Animated Series episode about the origins of Two-Face. And that was a character that was introduced early on in the series. And then the episode is just really, really good. It's really, really good storytelling. You can... And he... Nolan just absolutely drops the ball. It's actually like the the one scene that Joel Schumacher does of like like Harvey getting the acid (laughs) splashed in his face. So like the TV is like, I think, more effective than what you know he then nolan like spending so much time with this guy and then he just turns evil on a dime yeah and then they cover it up for him for like what and it doesn't even make sense like if this city finds out that district attorney turned (laughs) bad our our famous district attorney yeah, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of flaws in, in Dark Knight, and there's a lot of great moments, but uh, I think if you rewatch it minute for minute, you're like, oof, this movie's kind of messy. Well, speaking of messes. You are as precious to me. As you were to your own mother and father. I swore to them that I would protect you, and I haven't. The mayor's gonna dump him in the spring. Really? Mm-hmm. But he's a hero, a war hero. This is peacetime. You think this can last? There's a storm coming, Mr. Wayne.
What does that mean? Rise. When Gotham is ashes, you have my permission to die. Dark Knight Rises 2012. So much anticipation after the Dark Knight. Again, just was a huge phenomenon. Billion dollars worldwide at the box office. Everyone loved it. Oscar uh, for Heath Ledger. Everyone thinks Christopher Nolan is just the hottest of the hot shit in Hollywood and he's going to deliver the biggest and baddest Batman movie ever. It looks like it from the commercials. We're seeing huge action set pieces that are rivaling Mission Impossible. We're seeing Tom Hardy as Bane for portraying Bane on screen, a proper Bane, a big ass, badass Bane. We got a Catwoman coming in, Anne Hathaway. This is going to, and and you know what? It's going to be an actual story. It's going to be an actual movie. They were marketing it as the end of the Batman saga. We we're actually going to get a finish. This wasn't just an unending thing. This wasn't the Resident Evil series, okay? This wasn't <laughs> hey, Underworld. The, this was the, a real not life. The the I'm Resident not knocking them at all. Oh, absolutely never. Never, never, never would I. But this was promising right. something a little bit bigger, more epic. You know, your huge anime finale, it comes, and I remember seeing it so early on and watching it and being engaged, you know, minute by minute, but walking out and thinking, wow, that was not any good at all. <laughs> that was a kind of a waste of time. They could have stopped with the second one. <laughs> You know, I am a fan of of Tom Hardy's Bane. I really am, actually. I think Tom Hardy is a guy that like makes a lot of big weird choices, and I like the, the really weird voice he chose to do for Bane. And so, I will be a forgiver of of Tom Hardy's Bane. But this one also kind of just like I don't know. Like I, I think Chris Nolan. This is where like I between this and Dark Knight is where I kind of realized like I'm like oh Chris Nolan's like not that hot in the script yeah. department. He's just not that great like a filmmaker. Like he he does some stuff extremely well, technically does well, he, like the opening scene with Bane and the plane. Like that's a visually interesting scene. Makes no great makes sequence, no fucking yeah. sense storyline wise, right? Yeah, but it's a great IMAX, you know, it's a great way to show off the IMAX camera or whatever. <laughs> and so it felt like kind of a, a really nice tech demo, which, you know, also adapts several Batman uh, comic books, including uh, The Cult and Nightfall and No Man's Land. Bit much to take on in one film, like hundreds of comics, essentially. Um, but it just does not come together. It has some cool stuff in it, but not enough to make this one really worth my time if it's on TNT. Um, I have a I have a unique experience with this movie, and I'm sure actually it's probably not that unique because there's got to be a lot of other people who are scared like I was to go to see The Dark Knight Rises the day that I did because it was oh, yeah. it was literally the day after the Aurora shooting. Ah, this movie, I mean, this sure. movie frankly has changed my movie going experience permanently not the movie itself and the content of it but just the fact that i there has not been a single movie that i've seen in the theater since that happened where i haven't 
had a passing thought of like a mass shooter in a theater, just like for a moment, like a second right. stop, you know? And it's like, well, certainly AMC theaters now plays like a little video before the movies being like, be aware of mm-hmm. where the exits are. Uh, and in the, in a case of an emergency, get walk outside in an orderly fashion. And yeah. I'm like, hmm, it's not how it was before Dark Knight, right? Dark Knight Rises. So I ate a, a way too strong edible before I saw it. Already a little <laughs> uneasy going to see it because of the shooting. And it was sure a very heightened, intense experience for me. I remember actually like being so fucking high like beyond like i was like a puddle i remember like whole like grabbing my <laughs> wife's hand and like squeezing it so hard she had to like tell me like tell me multiple times like to like like to just ease up a little bit and like the movie was an intense fucking roller coaster ride for me and i i mean it probably was the pot brownie but at the same time like i lo- i mean i loved it like i still Probably find it to be one of the most rewatchable Batman movies besides Batman Begins for me. And as as flawed really? and as ridiculous as it is and how bad some of the scripting is, I love so many things about this movie. I can't lie. Like, That's so funny, it's... Robbie. We're the exact opposite. Those are the two ones that like I've every time I watch it, I like it less and less. Like, in fact, the last time I watched Dark Knight Rises, I went from this movie is bad to like. Christopher, I, I legitimately felt this in the moment. Christopher Nolan should not be allowed to make movies anymore. I literally thought, watched that movie and I was like, no, this is a waste of time, money, and energy on the environment to make a movie where you have so many great action scenes, but the plot is just bonkers. It, it makes no sense. It's dull for the most part. Uh, and, and there's some cool stuff. Like, I like the central Bane Batman stuff but it ends with like a hundred cops rushing uh with batman and you know all the white terrorists with bane and it just looks so like goofy and corny it's a very unsatisfying ending where just catwoman pulls up and just shoots bane and like that's it like where you had like this really kind of epic you know battle in the middle which i think mostly works and mostly gets the vibe of the comic books and the cartoons but they just like don't really like deliver on it yeah they also i just remembered another and i don't think this was the movie's marketing that did it but i remember being spoiled with talia al ghul reveal like one of the first things that i heard about the movie was that so it was like completely not a surprise at all when it happened, not at all. But I think actually, here's what I'll here's the argument that I'll make for this movie being one of the best Batman movies, and honestly, I think one of the more interesting super movies. And here's why: is because I think that the at least the third act, the way that Gotham gets locked down, and the way that Bane and his like henchmen take over Gotham, to me feels more epic and higher stakes than almost any other superhero movie I've ever seen. That's and I think fair. That that That's fair. Energy yeah. from it is like really special because all these fucking Marvel movies have these world ending cataclysmic events that you just don't feel the weight of, you know, but like something right. so yeah. simple as Gotham City being like martial law locked down by like Bane and his fucking gang yeah. of thugs, I thought was by like awesome. thugs. Like that, yeah. that, w- that made the movie for me. Yeah, I, I agree yeah, with that, but, actually. That's cool. Yeah, but we do have to. F- point out that that's just straight from sure the yeah, that's yeah. just no man's oh, yeah, yeah. land like that i i i, I don't want to knock it like it, that part is cool i wish that was like a bit more of the movie um and i i wish that like bruce wayne batman didn't get completely lost in the middle of it like you didn't also have to do the batman 
having his back broken story and no yeah. man's land. Have a Batman operating in a city that's been taken over where he doesn't have access to the same resources and he has to like scrap together like a resistance movement or something. That would be more interesting to me than like the, the him climbing that cave thing with the rising. Like that made for great commercials, but ultimately in the movie, it's just like seeing it over and over again. It doesn't thrill me. Um, like, you know, seeing more Batman would have. I I think one I really like some of the more comic booky elements in this movie, and that could be just me like excusing some of the more silly elements of it. But I really like that voiceover mm-hmm. where it's like Bane after he blows up the football stadium, and he's like it's almost like a narration voiceover where he's like justice will be served, and he's like talking about the different <laughs> things that will happen in Gotham, and he's like trials will be held, and it shows like Scarecrow with the piles of papers and the people like lined up oh yeah that's good that shit like to me that is like that's good some of the best little batman moments i've ever seen on film i just wish that the movie was more coherent and it came together in a more solid fashion and i think that's you know i mean there's just so many silly moments but I, i guess i have to make reference to the adam west batman and i don't know if chris nolan did it on purpose but the part where batman grabs the bomb at the end and just just holding this big s- spherical <laughs> bomb, it really does feel like it's literally the same yeah, ending. It's very, and I don't know. 60s. I think Nolan like, might have. I, it seems unlike him, but I can't see how he wasn't referencing. It's so such an odd. <laughs> well, he definitely references the '60s show in uh, the Dark Knight because the mask that the Joker wears is the same mask that he wears when he's. Uh, under in disguise in the 60s show as a clown as a regular clown and then he pulls it off oh actually i'm the scary clown the joker uh so he does the same thing in the dark knight which i actually think is cool i like that i wish like this the movies had been like less about the nobility of cops and more about like cool batman villains taking over the city and the cops were just like kind of fodder for them to kill which is some of the better parts of the dark knight but in the dark knight rises it becomes like man like robin who is not robin our you know noble cop yeah has to you know unite the all the police and get them together and save the city uh from the forces of occupy wall street and he just happens to know he's got a twinkle (laughs) in his eye where he just knows that bruce wayne was batman because he gave him a glance in the orphanage like very lazy very lazy screenwriting very lazy screenwriting also that ending being like wow there's a robin out there but it's like but this is the last one so like kind of who cares yeah you know what i mean like who gives a shit if like a robin exists in a world that we're never gonna see or whatever like it doesn't really like make you think anything you know i don't know i i i I really do like Tom Hardy's Bane and I like Tom Hardy as an actor and I think that he's like weird and fun in this but uh, yeah the movie the plotting itself is just like kind of incomprehensible yeah I'm I I have this on my list at number 11 I really don't like it maybe talking with you gents there there are a lot of good parts in it a lot of interesting stuff I might watch those scenes in isolation but I will never sit down and watch this uh, movie again so I had that at number 11 and Jack you had looks like you had that number 9 
I had it at number nine. You know, I, um, I, you know, all the Nolans are kind of bunched together there. That's what ended up kind of naturally happening with my list. Uh, like I said, I think the Nolans get less tight, you know, plot wise. Although in talking about it, you know, and doing this podcast, I'm like, I could definitely see myself doing that order over again, just based on visuals and moments. But if I'm just thinking about like the story of these movies and which one I think works best as like a movie story, I have to uh, th- say that they they get worse. Um, each time yeah i put this one at number three um and i just want to mention another scene that i really love from this movie which was um basically bruce wayne in the jail watching on television like the people hanging from that gotham bridge i think is like a really great visual and i mean i know we're probably gonna go to this later but i think also this one has one of the stronger scores of any of the batman movies um it's not the most memorable in terms, like I can't really hum this score. It's more just like a very intense. It, it's kind of I think it expands on that uneasy feeling from the previous Nolan movie that that Joker music, and it makes it more intense. But I also think one of my frustrations with this movie is that Nightfall was probably the first storyline I fell in love with Batman over in the comics. And Bane wasn't ever to me like he was never the main villain. It was always Azriel. It was always the Night right. Quest storyline that was the main storyline that really resonated for me and i i wish and they'll never do it but it would be amazing if they did a batman movie where he's has somebody else take over the cowl who becomes a psychopath and then he has to fight fight for the mantle back like that would be a great storyline it is true the bane in the comics was way more kind of just like like he is like a pro yeah. wrestler. He's just like, I want to defeat Batman. That's kind of it. I don't really care beyond that. He's just like never been defeated. So I want to defeat him. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, that's what I remember from it. I mean, I don't even remember how he figures out Bruce Wayne is Batman, but, um, but <laughs> I think it's actually fairly easy for him is like the kind of the gimmick. Cause that's like to show how like, like badass Bane is. Yeah. He's how like, smart it was he actually is. Elementary for me to figure out that it was Bruce Wayne. Like he figured it out just the way like any reasonable person would being like, he's um, got access to infinite money and he lives in <laughs> Gotham. <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to mention another comic that you definitely have to check out. If you dig some of the things in dark night rides, especially like that scene of people hanging from the pole, that comes from Batman the Cult, which was sort of a semi prequel to The Dark Knight Returns, where uh, Batman, where a religious cult takes over Gotham and like shuts down the city, and 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 they and they lit and their bases in the sewers, and they hang all the cops from the lanterns and stuff like that. So it's a very very like a lot was pulled from a lot of different com- comics, and that's why you you cannot turn the 15, 16 different comic books into one movie and it always baffles and it's just like dollars to note donuts no matter when we're talking about this comic books have just have better writing than movies <laughs> like more, more, and more or less especially I think, I think they have i th- well i mean i don't know it's tough because if you're talking about like modern comics i'm like well not modern comics modern comics and and movies are both are pretty bad, bad. <laughs> you know the comic books that these you know movies are based, are based on, on are always better are always better it, it feels to me almost like they're like with these old the comics that they're based on there's just as always less cooks in the kitchen you know what i mean it feels like 
like there's too many, you know, uh, uh, interests that need to be appeased in these movies versus the comics. They were just like, eh, this is just one month of comics. Who gives a shit? We'll like reset it if we have to, you know, and this movie was All really right. long. Wasn't it one of the first like I feel like it was a, almost pushing three hours and it kind of set the precedent. For like that being okay, yeah. For all like, these things yeah. being three hours, yeah. yeah for yeah, every the, every single movie needs yeah. to be longer than The Godfather now. Spider Man No Way Home is slightly longer than The Godfather. <laughs> I actually think it was The Dark Knight that kind of opened the door because we had to take that movie seriously, and it was like two and a half. Well, it was a hundred and fifty-two oh, minutes, shit. and Yeesh, no one okay. and no one really complained because, of course, Heath Ledger. You know, we got to see all of it, but then. He got 164 with the Dark Knight Rises, and then that's, yeah, I don't know about that. Been out the door since then. But speaking of long movies, though, hey, <laughs> this one though I think might be justified, a bit more justified. Men with power obey neither policy nor principle. No one is different. No one is neutral. If Superman were here, what would you want to say to him? That my family, too, had dreams. To look him in his eye and ask him how he decides which lives count and which ones do not. There's a new kind of mean in him. He is angry and he's hunting. I didn't kill those men if that's what they think. This is what makes you such a good reporter. Stuff like this still shocks you. I'm older now than my father ever was. This may be the only thing I do that matters. So falls the house of rain. God is all powerful. He cannot be all good. The world only makes sense if you force it to. Men like that words don't stop him. You know what stops him? A fist. You are never a god. You are never even a man. That dream is all some people have. It's all that gives them hope. Now God is good as dead. Man made a world where standing together is impossible. We will. We have to. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Extended edition, of course. Ultimate. Well, the ultimate edition. You ultimate say, edition. You know, the, yes. Uh, this t- is the this is the the version that must be watched. Now, if we were rating the movie version, you know, the the one that was released in theaters, it would go slightly further down my list. I did like this movie in theaters, but the ultimate edition does make it way way better. And folks, I have this. At number one for me, Zack Snyder, he did it. He brought DC Comics to the big screen as they exist, as I dream of them, as I like them. It's a different type. It's not as a realistic Batman. This is a Batman who hangs out with superheroes and meets Superman. That's not something we got in any of the previous Batman movies, which is a little strange. No Batman or Superman movie. They tried to do it a few times. George Miller was going to do a Justice Mm -hmm. League movie. Army Hammer cast <laughs> as Batman, by the way, uh, did sure. not. It, they had, and this movie was super. Like they had the script, they were hired, the contracts, but there was a writer strike, and that's the only reason the movie uh, didn't happen. And we ended up with Batman versus Superman as the return of Batman to the big screen. Ben Affleck, Batfleck. Yeah, what can I say about him? I love him. I loved him immediately as soon as I saw him. Now I was not 
excited when it was announced that Ben Affleck was playing Batman. And because my feeling was he already played Batman and he sucked. It was called Daredevil. He had his chance. He was produ- <laughs> He was a producer on that movie. He said he, it was his thing. He said, this movie's going to be good because I love the comic books. I'm a nerd like you. I'm going to make it good and suck and stunk. And Dar- Daredevil is basically just Marvel's Batman. Everybody knows that. He had his chance. That was my feeling. But I did not know that Ben Affleck was going to put on 50 pounds of muscle, four inches in height, and just be a big-ass burly Dark Knight Returns Batman Zack Snyder, he did it. He won me over to his vision. I didn't like Man of Steel. I didn't either. I loved Batman versus Superman from the first time. Even the theatrical version, I really like. It really just felt... We talked about it a lot before. I don't want to get too deep into it. But this is my favorite Batman movie. My favorite portrayal of Batman on the screen. The warehouse fight. I don't think there's a better Batman scene in any, any movie. There's so... All the best Batman stuff is in this one. I absolutely love it as a Batman film. It's my number one. Yeah, I mean, it it ranks as my number one as well. And I do think it gets closest to, yeah, like what I enjoyed about DC Comics, you know, uh, uh, growing up. And the Batman that I kind of like, which is not, you know this loner which you know i mean there is some of that i mean he is a loner but he's also a loner who like knows and is friends with like superman you know what i mean like he's like he works better in that capacity like when he you know has these other heroes around him and everything like that and um yeah, I I really enjoyed this movie. I think that the Ultimate Edition adds a lot of sort of texture to, you know, uh, uh, Gotham and Metropolis that I think makes the movie a lot better. Uh, ben Affleck works for me as uh, Batman. Um, I also didn't really like uh, Man of Steel that much, but I do think Henry Cavill uh, is a very good Superman. Yes. And, um, and yeah, I think that this movie, you know, people sort of complain at its like darkness, I guess, or at the sort of grim and grittiness of it. But I think that it is like so far less, you know, dark or grim and gritty than even like the Nolan ones or or you the know, new one or even the new one, <laughs> yeah. you know, the the Batman. I feel like this, you know, the, the, the grim and grittiness in Batman versus Superman is kind of like a goofball, like teenagers view of grim and grittiness. You know what version, I mean? Like PG-13. a comic book version. Like I, it's like I, I'm not like taking this on its own. You know, I'm I'm not taking it at complete face value. I'm like, yeah, this is like what you think of as serious when you're a teenager, which is what these like story who these stories are supposed to be for. You know, um, I don't know. I guess I prefer this kind of like cartoonishness and and a little bit of silliness um, and you know a, a kind of mythic quality that I think we got in this one and then in the in the uh, you know re release of the Justice League movie. I have to say this this movie probably climbed the highest um in in my list from when I initially saw it. Like I really really disliked it upon the first viewing and I think uh I don't I can't remember why I, I didn't wasn't on board with it. I think it probably started with that opening flashback scene where where child Bruce Wayne is like floating through the bats and when I watch it now I I love it. Like I think it's actually as over the top and weird as that opening scene is, like I think it's really great, and I think it it actually like makes me feel really ready for what the movie's about to 
to show us. <laughs> and I mean, there's certain aspects of it, which I really wish were different. Like, I agree that the ultimate, like we're just talking about the ultimate cut right now, um, which I agree is completely right. superior. Yeah. My biggest complaint with the ultimate cut is I think it's actually one of the best 3D theatrical releases like in theaters. Mm. Zack Snyder clearly knew how to work with 3D. He wasn't just, you know, doing a half assed right. conversion like all the Marvel movies do. The post, he had made yeah. that Guardians of the like that owl CGI movie very cool, 3D yeah. oriented. Um and I think this movie is like one of the best 3D theatrical releases so it bums me out that the ultimate cut i can't watch that in 3d you know not the not the biggest deal in the world but i think one of the story elements that made it really hard for me to like get on board with just the way the story unfold was like the initial setup of how they're framing superman for the deaths you know in that like african village i thought it just would have made a whole lot more sense for like one of luther's baddies to have like some kind of laser slicing weapon that just like shoots a ray you know like almost like looks exactly like superman's right. laser eyes just so we as an audience be like oh, oh. they they're framing superman they and it, did it instead it was like they just kind of torched him and it doesn't i don't know it feels a little weak to me as a setup but i really do love how everything else unfolds i lex luther grew on me i didn't care for his portrayal at first i really like it now and i think actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie besides the cool action stuff in it is the uh the Bruce Wayne infiltrating Lex Luthor's like house and like go and like sneaking down the stairs getting you oh, know yeah. advice from Alfred the thing where he meets uh that part was fucking yeah. fantastic Wonder Woman Well yeah yeah, yeah, meets Wonder Woman and Clark. Like they all have their like you know uh, uh, secret and identity again, conversations. They spoiled, they spoiled yeah, I, the the Wonder Woman reveal in the trailer, which I thought was a it just was and I think again right. they probably just got worried about how expensive the movie was and like we need to throw something in the trailer. They spoiled Doomsday and Wonder Woman, which they shouldn't have because that would have been yeah. so much. The Doomsday more crazy. spoiled. I remember. Yeah. yeah. They shouldn't have spoiled Doomsday. I I don't know if they could have held back on Wonder Woman because everybody knew I, I, it was announced when they hired Gal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Gal Gadot is in it, so you have to announce. I think it was it, more yeah. that shot. I remember one of the trailers having the shot where Batman's like, is "She with you?" and Batman Superman's like, "I thought she was with you." Right. Yeah. yeah. I do remember they, that. Yeah, they were really desperate yeah. in to like they showed like all of that act like in the in like the trailers leading up to the movie, which is unfortunate because hey, it made like almost a billion dollars made it didn't make quite a billion and so for some strange reason warner brothers panicked and freaked out about the next because the reviews were so bad and like because they're like so twitter obsessed or something like that and it became it became a really weird like cause among reviewers to be to like hate on batman versus superman and then there's also all the weird snyder shit where people are just like not only are his movies bad but you're like alt right (laughs) if you like them or something and then he's like he's got ayn rand objectivism in his movies and i'm like i am now just confused by what you're talking about because i thought these are just like dumb i mean i guess 300 people are like just still holding a grudge over but this man is just making like dumb action movies yeah and commercials for joe biden you know he is it is so silly um and robbie uh what where did you have batman versus superman i put it at number five um i probably would have previously put it somewhere down in my lower third so it's climbed really really high I mean, I think also this movie has great music in it. Um, and the, honestly, the last final action sequence is better 
than almost any other superhero movies like spectacular CGI action set piece. I mean, it really does blow away pretty much any Marvel movie. The doomsday fight is incredible and it's the way it's framed um, just is what I want to see more, you know, than like these Marvel movies, like CGI, you know, visuals. And I, I even love like some of the little Batman moments where he's like a CGI double, but it's like beautifully it just looks beautiful like where batman's like shooting the batarangs trying to escape from doomsday while he's shooting lasers at him yeah shit's so the, rad um, i love that stuff the grapple yeah, gun or yeah. batman jumps through the window and it looks like the batman logo i know that's in the trailer but like that is that's fucking great like that stuff is amazing that's great yeah i mean the he, warehouse scene we're gonna we've talked <laughs> about it and we will talk about it more but the warehouse scene and the fighting in the warehouse scene is i think the best choreographed batman fighting it does feel the most batman it's just it's just the best we've gotten as far as like hand-to-hand combat uh, uh in a batman movie and uh yeah i uh i just think that's the best one and the suit too we should say that the suit is actually in oh, my opinion great. probably the first time a batman suits appeared in a movie where i'm like that's a good like that is a really fucking good batman suit like that looks correct yes me. Yeah, it's comic accurate and good in the real world, and even as like the CGI version, like it works in on every single level in a very surprising way. I still like, but I'm not quite as hot on the Doomsday fight. I kind of wish that the climactic fight had just been the Batman versus Superman, and that they didn't need to like tag on another fight. But I, I don't mind it. I do think it's still pretty cool, and it is like choreographed well and everything like that. And I guess it is good to see them all three come together and and fight together. But you know, almost like Two Face, I'm like, damn, I kind of wish like you know doomsday was like the next one yeah. you know what i mean like and we really could have done the death of superman and all that kind of stuff but yeah i mean i i liked the movie i was like surprised you know when i first saw it that they killed superman <laughs> at the end yeah. you know even with doomsday being there i'm like wow they really went all the way and like did that um i, I have to say snyder a snyder terrio even i guess Ayer took a pass at this maybe at some point but uh oh, no goyer did goyer did all um, right yeah i have to say as far as adapting a bunch of different comic storylines this is one of the better like attempts i think it does dark knight returns pretty decently mm-hmm. it does yeah. um the death of superman at least the death part like halfway yeah. okay now you know? do i wish we had seen a little bit of the reign of the superman and uh. stuff like that <laughs> sure maybe but they never did it they never wanted it they never ended up doing that but as far and as dipping and diving into different comic books this one does the best job because i think it just came from it came ultimately from a sensibility of like a comic trying to make a big comic book story on the big screen where someone like nolan is trying to make like heat and then mm-hmm. Yeah, tossing comic book shit in it and kind of like this feels less referential to other movies, Uh, and I think that that's what's part of what's so good about it. I mean, it yes, and also I think one thing we didn't mention. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but like, not all the Batman movies actually like make me emotionally move me in a way where like you know I got I've gotten like welled up at various parts, and I think this movie. As much as people hated on the, like the Martha stuff, I thought it had probably some of the best sure. like emotional moments of any people. 
I don't know what it is, but people really do hate on the Martha thing. And I'm like someone I've read DC Comics my whole life. And that is <laughs> a similarity that like hadn't ever occurred to yeah. me that both of their moms were named Martha and that that might be like in some way, you know, help reveal Superman's humanity to Batman. Like, I, I really don't know. Like, I guess people just thought that was goofy and you can't like you know, deny people what their just gut feeling was or whatever. But that just was never my feeling that that was a goofy scene. And in fact, I was kind of like surprised by it um, as someone who's read as much DC comics as I have. Like I was surprised even to be surprised by anything in a DC comics movie. But, but even, you know, taking a step back, like, I don't know if you compared like the drama the acting performances, the story, you know, the, 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 the stuff you get in, you know, every, that makes a movie like a real deal thing for adults in Batman versus Snoop Superman to like the Nolan movie movies. Like, are you really like feeling the Bruce and Rachel relationship <laughs> as much as you're feeling like this, you know, thing between Bruce and Clark and yeah. Lois? Like, I think that's just like this movie, uh, as much as people want knock Zack Snyder, he is like, I think he's a better storyteller than some of his action contemporaries. Yeah, there's a, I think one, there's a really great shot in this movie I just want to mention, too. That's one of my favorite Superman shots in any depiction of Superman where Doomsday is first like getting out of his little birthing pod and he throws a punch and Superman grabs it and then like the camera like zooms out and it shows how small Superman is compared to like the size of Doomsday. I absolutely oh, yeah. love that. Yeah. Just that little like five second shot. I think it's I think it's wonderful. Very anime yeah. style too. very Dragon Ball Z. He, <laughs> Zack Snyder snuck in some TBZ. In oh, yeah. One. Oh, he's an anime fan. That's for sure. All right. So moving on to also another film coming out in 2016. I feel like a lot of people don't consider this a Batman film, but think about it. I, I maybe don't. Three scenes of Batman. Batfleck, Bruce Wayne, Batman, Bruce Wayne, Batman, all up in this movie. Not one, not two, not three, but four Batman villains. Harley Quinn, Killer Croc, Deadshot, and the biggest Batman villain of all, the Joker, baby. Jared Leto, <laughs> this is a Batman movie. We have to consider it as a Batman movie. I think it belongs on this list as much as a lot of other stuff uh, does. So we have to talk about this. It's taking some work, but I finally have them. The worst of the worst. Let's just say I put him in the hole and threw away the hole. There's rumors, Amanda, that some of them have abilities. Oh, yeah. I have seen things. Maybe Superman was some kind of beacon for them to creep back from the shadows. I want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet who I think can do some good. They're bad guys. Exactly. And if anything goes wrong, we blame them. We have built-in deniability. What makes you think you can control them? Because getting people to act against their own self-interest is what I do for a living.
Suicide Squad, yes, it is a Batman movie. He's not the protagonist, but it's within the world. Maybe I wouldn't put a Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey in it, but since Batman is actually in it kind of a lot, let's talk about Suicide Squad. I don't have this high on my list, but I enjoy it. I have it at eight. That's a TNT. That's a TNT. If it's on TNT, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see me some Jared Leo Joker. I'm going to see me some Harley Quinn. I'm going to see Deadshot versus Batman. Love Will Smith in this. I think it's really I think he's really good in this and really charming. Criminal that he's not in the second one, the Suicide Squad, which by the way does not have Batman in it or the Joker and made not nearly as much money even though people pretend like it was so much better and so much more successful. I digress. The Suicide Suicide Squad, the first one, I pretty much dig it. I did I ultimately enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it in theaters. It could have been a lot better without the studio meddling to make it more like Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever, but I don't hate Suicide Squad. I dig it. I like the Joker. I like the Batman stuff. I like the fights. I like I like a, I like the villains. I I don't like uh, the overall storyline, but it's got a lot of cool Batman stuff in it. I don't know. I I I am not as big a fan of of the original Suicide Squad, and perhaps there's an air cut out there that would have been better. But this version where it's like enchantress is basically the main villain and yeah i don't know it's supposed to be steppenwolf i know i know but it just does not really do it for me and while i I, i'm actually a forgiver of the jared leto joker and i like there being a lot of uh uh, different jokers not my favorite joker Um, well it's definitely not your least favorite now but we'll get into that not my least favorite joker no uh but i i do rank this one pretty low this comes in at 11th of 12 uh on my list i think i rank i want to yeah mine is mine is pretty low too mine is a 10 for suicide squad but i i really actually did i i think that this movie really had me when i first saw it i was very excited 
by the tone of it. I thought it was, it kind of struck the right tone. Um, I just remember being like sort of just taken by it and not really questioning a lot of things about it. My first viewing, it hasn't held up nearly as much in subsequent viewings. Um, I did really dislike the Joker originally, but like looking back on it, I actually have to say that the Jared letter Leto Joker, even though he's got like the sort of the weird grill and the tattoos, which are ridiculous. The, I like the fact that they didn't like scar up his face and he just, He's just acting and he's and his facial expressions and his own face are what does the performance. He doesn't need scars like Heath Ledger. He doesn't need plastic surgery like Jack Nicholson. And I wish that they just made him look more regular comic booky Joker. I don't have a problem with it. I think he's actually his portrayal is good, um, but it's even better. I mean, I think even that little tag scene in uh, in the Snyder cut of Justice League. Um, but it is a weird it is a very weird movie. And I think that you know, we should be able to see the AR cut of it because I because I believe there probably is one that's better um, than the way that the movie ended up being. And I think probably for me, the best part of this movie is the introduction of Amanda Waller. Well, technically, I think actually she was introduced in a previous movie, wasn't she? Like on a tag scene? Like like with Bruce Wayne and her at the dinner table. What was that? What, what, what movie was that where... That was Batman versus yeah. Superman, yeah. I think. So... Yeah, but also there was an Amanda Waller in Green Lantern. Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. No, but no, I liked. Yeah, I thought the portrayal of her was though. great, and I thought you know Killer Croc and some of the other villains were great. Um, but yeah, overall, it kind of falls apart, and you just want more Batman. I think. I mean, like at least me, I'm like, oh yeah, I want, I want more Batman. I wish there was more. The Batman scenes in it are great. Like they, those all are really well done. I think. Yeah. All right, so moving on to Zack Snyder's Justice League 2021. We're not talking about the Whedon cut, folks. <laughs> it does not count. This does not exist. So begins the end. But not time. I've never seen a being as strong. Maybe one. He's back. I spent a lot of time trying to divide us. I made a promise to him on his grave. I need to bring us together. There are enemies coming from far away. They serve an old power. This world is divided. No protectors here. No lanterns. No Kryptonium. It will fall in his name. I have turned worlds to dust. All of existence shall be mine. I have a second chance. He said the age of heroes would never come again. Fighting the devil and his army. And now, I don't care how many demons he's fought and how many hells, he's never fought us united. 
It's time to stand, fight. The time is now. And, folks, we all have this ranked at number two. I don't think we have to get super into it because we already did talk about it on an episode of uh, Struggle Sessions uh, with you know, when we first talked about uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Please give that a listen for the full review. But I'll say again, like, I absolutely love it. It's, you know, again, Zack Snyder giving us a big comic book Batman where he's hanging out with the Justice League, fighting uh, off parademons. He gets so much cool stuff to do in this one while he's kind of the antagonist of Batman versus Superman. He gets to be the protagonist of this one. He's the one that, you know, learns the lesson and brings the team together it's a great batman movie with ton of great batman moments i uh absolutely adore this movie that's why it's my number two yeah i mean this one's my number two as well um you know i think that the uh you know uh, zach snyder did show that the that he did have a cut in him um and it was sitting there on a hard drive somewhere needed some effects finishing um and yeah it was far far better than the weird you know cut up version that was released in theaters there's like character arcs in this you know i you know it's less a batman centric movie although batman is in it a lot this is really more like cyborgs movie which is why i guess i'd even have to rank it below batman versus superman on my list just batman versus superman having more of a character arc for batman himself um but i really enjoyed it a lot i'm glad that it finally came to exist and uh that we all got to see it and know once and for all that the the theatrical version like was trash (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean this I have to say, I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. Maybe, maybe my favorite. Um, it's it's great to see Batfleck back in action. I think the probably my only complaint about it is we don't get like a hand to hand combat scene that's as cool as the warehouse scene. I know it's very hard to top, but I will say that one of the biggest standout moments to me, just in terms of the action, the the editing, the pacing from the Whedon cut to the Snyder cut, was that scene. I think it's in the third act where Batman is like flying through the shield. He ejects out of the Batwing into the Batmobile and then he gets like attacked by the parademons. And that whole scene compared to the Whedon cut, the Whedon cut like cuts out little pieces of it and it just, it just doesn't hit right. And, but the Snyder cut where Batman like ejects out of the Batmobile flies out of the chair and is like shooting all the parademons and all that stuff is incredibly put together. I love the way it's put together. Even though there's a lot of CGI Batman in there, I don't care. I think it looks amazing. And even just some of his dialogue, like the minimalistic dialogue that he says in that movie works so well for me. Like even just Batman saying, oh no, like right before everything goes to shit, you know, before they join the three boxes together is great. Like some of just these little lines he has are, are, I think work very well. And I love how corny, but also how much it feels right. And like the animated series or like the comics when they're all in costume, just shooting the shit, trying to figure out their plans. I I love those scenes. And I think I could see why people don't like them or why people think it, it, it doesn't work for them, but I love it. And I think, um, yeah, this is one of the best on-screen Batman portrayals, not necessarily because I like 
the Ben Affleck Batman the best, but just because it's just written right, it fits well with the story, and I think it it just really feels like respectful to the way the comic book is in Justice League, like the Justice League comic book. Yeah, and and you know, I I wish we got to see more. You know, uh, the only downside for me with this is that like we only get a couple moments with Darkseid, and I would have really liked to see Darkseid, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, fully realized. Yeah, uh, but we do get to see Affleck. Batman versus Leto Joker <laughs> in the Snyder Cut, of course, shot on uh, Zack Snyder's parking lot. He just released an image of the uh, Green Lantern, John Stewart, and it looked right. great. It looked it looked better than like people were po- posting that picture and like Zack Snyder in his parking lot, Spider Man No Way Home, uh, two hundred fifty million dollars. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, the Martian Manhunter thing. I think maybe one of my the only things that weirds me out about this movie you know in a way where i feel like that is such a weird thing to do to have uh, martha kent turn into martian manhunter yes but, yes <laughs> i thought that's that that's a flaw that's a flawed that's moment one when flaw. martian manhunter is like impersonating martha kent is, and is, is well, it does kind of give martian yeah. manhunter a steve rogers post uh end game vibe where it's like what is he just sitting back and just watching all this shit happen and isn't going to intervene even though he's like a powerful alien who can turn intangible like that part's a little questionable but um yeah it's fine i mean uh the movie is great i mean and i i wish again i'm gonna say this and i'll sound like a dork for saying it but i wish this had a 3d release the the weeding cut got a 3d release and this didn't and i think again Zack snyder does uh. 3d movies better than almost any other filmmaker so i wish it was in 3d <laughs> All right, and moving on to 2022, The Batman. Bruce Wayne. I'm sorry. I wouldn't be bothering you here, but your people keep telling me you're unavailable. You know, you really could be doing more for this city. family has a history of philanthropy, but as far as I can tell, you're not doing anything. The Riddler is asking for you. The killer left this for the Batman. Why is he writing to you? You came. I've been trying. Riddler's latest. It's all about the Waynes. If we don't stand up, no one will. You got a lot of cats. Never think about strays. The bat and the cat. It's got a nice ring. You a new friend of yours? I'm not so sure. I'm just here to unmask the truth about this cesspool we call a city. You're part of this too. How am I part of this? Oh, you're really not as smart as I thought you were. Bruce Wayne. All these years, you lied to me, Alfred. We all have our scars, Bruce. You're still away. He's involved in this? No, he's not involved. How do you know? Shepard Delaney! Who are you under there? What are you hiding? Selena, don't throw your life away. Don't worry, honey. I got nine of them. (laughs) 
can be cruel, poetic, or blind. But when it's denied, it's your violence you may find. Justice. The answer's justice. Come on, vengeance. Let's get into some trouble. We we talked about it recently on episode. We gave our review. I felt this at the time. I felt this in the theater. I still feel it now. I have this at number twelve, the worst oh, Batman wow. movie. Shockingly I, so. I do I, too. And you know, and and again, the only one I could maybe make an argument for is Batman and Robin. I haven't watched it in a while, but just just for in, in for the terms of 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 doing this and modernity, I do think it is my lowest pick for Batman. It's the one to me that feels even least like a movie. I think it yes. feels like three three episodes of a procedural television show that has like a little bit of serialization going on. Um, but yeah, I I I after especially even after going through all these ones that we just talked about i'm like i it's not like by a mile you know what i mean it's not the worst by a mile or anything like that like it's maybe a lot of these are like a lot movies. of them are not that good you know yeah. what i mean but i do think the batman is a contender for the worst batman movie <laughs> um you know and uh, and again it's like i'm not gonna like rail on every single moment i hated about it but just comparatively to some of the good ones we've gotten i do think it is not good i i didn't dislike as much as you guys i ranked it at number seven but i have to say i was probably ch- checking the time more than i can remember from any batman movie i've seen like in my life like there was a moment where i'm like wait there's 40 like there's a whole hour left of this movie like that's that suck like i was like i was i was getting like really antsy in the theater um and i think if they had committed to just making it a procedural just making it a crime thriller it would have been so much better than it ended up being but they couldn't commit. Yeah. They just couldn't commit to it. And I thought that was the whole point. I thought it was like, this is the first Batman detective story. We're not going to do a generic superhero movie, but in, they couldn't commit to it. And to me, I, I was, I felt that like the beginning was extremely promising. Like I was, re- I was like, this is going to be really good. Like, good. like within the first 15 minutes, I loved the voiceover. I thought it was great. I thought it was really cheesy, but it was great. I like great. the voice, voiceover and too. There was a part of the voiceover where I got worried because it was like, as an audience, we can infer from what we're seeing on the screen that he's talking about how criminals are scared of the shadows because they're worried he's going to jump out of the shadows. And that was all right. obviously yeah. inferred by any 12-year-old or above watching the movie, but they <laughs> literally needed to throw in a line where Robert Pattinson is like, this means they're scared of the shit. Like they're scared because they think I'm going to be in yeah. the shadows. Like, dude, we knew that dude. Cause I'm Cause, the one who can yeah, like, jump out. We've yeah. known <laughs> that for the fr- last 30 seconds of you showing us this visual storytelling. You need to add a line. <laughs> so that worried me initially. It's like, Oh, and then it just, there were parts that just, you know, got worse and worse, but I got to say the, an opening Batman fight scene where he reveals himself, where he just very slowly walks I thought was a very interesting choice. We've never seen Batman just sort of slowly walking at ground level towards confronting someone as sort of his opening reveal. And I got to say the Batman suit um, probably 
I, I don't know if it's tied with the Affleck suit. I almost would say that the Batman suit in this one is my favorite movie portrayal of, of just the suit, the costume, the look. Um, and mm. that opening like crime scene scene where he's walking a crime scene in the Batman costume and all the cops are like pissed off, I thought was great. And I wish that the movie just committed to that full-throated, you know, Batman working a forensic crime scene, his buddy, you know, team up partner being Gordon, them figuring out the crime together. But they just, they threw in Edithrow and Catwoman, the Penguin stuff didn't really add much to the movie. And yeah, I thought it just, it just didn't seem like it knew what it wanted to be. But I guess it knew it wanted to be a seven yeah. rip off. But even that, it's like, you can't rip off <laughs> yes. a movie like that. You know, maybe take inspiration from it and make it something different, but they they really did rip it off. And then they just didn't commit to that. They kind of flubbed that. So it's just frustrating, I think, is kind of my ultimate well, feeling about it. Speaking of movies it ripped off, we talked about Seven. We talked about, uh, what was the other one that bar Zodiac. This weekend, they release as a special bonus for fans the Barry, full Barry Keegan Joker Batman interrogation scene. Uh, which is a shot for shot, line by line, actually, I should say is more important, almost line for line copy of the scene from Michael Mann's Manhunter, where uh, Will Graham interviews Hannibal Lecter. And it, it is so embarrassing for everyone involved. It feels like a fan film. I see why they cut it out. I don't know why they tried to put it in. The Joker is not Hannibal Lecter. Batman is not Will Graham. You are just aping something good. You're not even adapting. You're not even paying I mean, homage. You understand You're why they copying. cut it from the movie, too, because there is no, like, advancement <laughs> to any kind of plot. Like, it yeah. is just another, like, you and he are not so different scene, you know? It just felt pointless. And what's up with the, like, how come they cannot quit scarring up Joker's face? Oh, This is the, the most crazy version his, that I've... I mean, it was like... What? This is it looks awful. <laughs> it looks absolutely yeah. awful. The Joker I, I, face I, is just like is so like I don't even know what it's supposed to be. Like how can you you can I they're embarrassed to show it. It seems like in the actual scene. <laughs> it's like watching a scene from Manhunter where people are wearing Halloween costumes. Like it's yes. very strange. Like I I you know, I get wanting to make these movies, you know, more into real movies, but you don't do that just by like cribbing and actually like copying the real movies you know i don't know i i, I need something more here uh with I, these I, I don't understand it why like when i look at this actor i don't even really recognize him from something else i'm sure you guys probably do the barry coogan guy he looks like a good enough like joker yeah. if you just throw some paint on his face and make him look like the yeah, fucking he joker had... his, he seemed right. like a good yes, enough actor. Exactly. i don't understand why they had to do that to him it just it's it's bizarre yeah <laughs> I don't know. I just obsession with the Heath Ledger Joker and that kind of continuing to today. I guess so. Yeah. We have all our rankings. Let's do a few superlatives really quickly. Best Batman. <clears throat> I <clears throat> I am going Affleck. Actually, you know, I think it as far as be, as being both Batman and Bruce Wayne. Um, I think that. He was given a, a great favor by Snyder by having the voice modulator thing built oh, into the suit. So he decision. didn't have to do a goofy ass voice, which just sounds silly. Um, 
yeah, I think he like has the kind of, you know, funness uh, of a Batman while also, you know, um, I don't know, uh, re- reading as a as a serious person. Um, I think I have to go Affleck. I totally I, I completely agree. I, I think the voice changing thing was a really clever idea and it works great. And I just think his vibe and his energy as Bruce Wayne is really pitch perfect energy is as batman is great he looks great um yeah yeah you really couldn't i mean i was skeptical first when he was cast but yeah definitely i don't know like if he's like above and beyond my favorite batman but he's i mean it's hard to find a better one i mean out of the lot that we have to choose from. yeah 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 i got affleck at number one i think almost all the batmans are good but bat flick Definitely uh, the best one. Maybe runner-up to Val Kilmer. All right, so best villain, non-Joker. I got my boy Lex Luthor from Batman vs. Okay. Superman. I think he's okay. a complete character, an actual character that can you know understand his motivations. I dig him as an update of a comic book character, Lex Luthor Jr., I have to yeah. say, as the tech billionaire, pre- a precursor to the real-life villains that will be... <clears throat> Uh, ruling over us and ruling over us in the last days of humanity. So shout outs to that. They got it. You know, it right. also was, it was it was slightly ahead of everybody realizing that Mark Zuckerberg's a villain. Like yes. I kind of remember <clears throat> they did this. <clears throat> they did this tech billionaire thing. This was in 2016 before all the liberals realized. Like, wait a second. Like Facebook was bad during the election or whatever. So. It was slightly ahead of the new modern thing of everybody realizing that Mark Zuckerberg is the worst villain in the world. I think I got to say Scarecrow, the the scenes from Batman Begins where he first confronts Batman and shoots him with the gas in that apartment and and Batman like sees his all these like maggots coming out of his face and stuff. I don't think I'll ever forget that scene. Um I mean, I, and I think it's just I wouldn't say it's a great portrayal of like Scarecrow as I like him i just think cillian murphy is a fantastic actor i think his vibe is just really he has a very good screen presence and i just love how dark Mm -hmm. and messed up the way he's portrayed is and i also like maybe people don't like this but i like how he's sort of almost like a nuisance villain throughout the nolan trilogy Mm -hmm. he appears in the dark night at the beginning doing almost like a drug deal like he's lowered in rank as far as like his criminal status and then I like how he's sort of just like a Bane underling in The Dark Knight Rises, you know, doing playing the yeah. judge. And I think that performance yes. is fantastic where he's got like stubble. He looks like a little like torn up. Um, it's it, I think it's I think he's my favorite. Yeah, for sure. You know, I went with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman just uh, for in terms of being, you know, the most memorable for me. And I just, you know, will always remember that uh, uh, that performance. Um, I, I, I I have to go Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. She's great in that role. All right, best love interest. I went with Lee Merriweather, maybe a sentimental favorite, uh, but I actually actually like the relationship between those two. But of course, the Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman, Bruce Wayne uh, relationship, very hot as well. Uh, and Jack, you had that as your uh, number I did, one. of course, yeah. Cat- Catwoman is both my favorite uh, love Vill- interest and, <laughs> and the best non-Joker villain. Probably the best love interest because she's the best non-Joker villain. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman, and uh, uh, I think she's the best romance in any of these movies. Which, by the way, 
the romance in these Batman movies are somewhat cold. I feel like this is the only one that I even like bought as a romance in any of these Batman movies. I I initially had Kim Basinger as Vicky Vale in the first Batman movie. Mm. Um, I like I I think she's actually one of the more charming of his love interests still, like portrayed yeah. on screen. However, after recent viewing, I have to say it is a little creepy. Uh, the way that they initially like court or just like how batman i mean i'll just describe it for people who don't remember she comes over to batman's apartment they sit at this long table first it's really creepy and then this scene that then it sort of ends up with alfred like talking her ear off in the kitchen after she's drinking like a full bottle of wine and while meanwhile bruce wayne seems like he's totally sober and he leads her up the stairs to basically have sex with her while she's like dead drunk <laughs> it almost it seems a little date rapey to me <laughs> In retrospect, and it also seems like Batman is sort of using Alfred as his wingman to get laid, which is also a little bit creepy. Um, a little weird. But, I, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer, I think after watching Batman Returns again, there's no competition for me. Probably mostly because of that, like, where they're making out scene and, and they find each other's, like, wounds from fighting as Batman and Catwoman, um, like, the previous night. It's great. Yeah. And I think she's great in it. Um, and yeah, she's just super, super charming. Um, and I wish that, you know, it sucks that the, we didn't talk about Catwoman and the Batman. I didn't really care for that performance very much. It didn't really add anything yeah. to the movie for me at all, except maybe giving Batman someone to talk to. <laughs> Best suit. I got to go Pattinson. Best suit. Okay. Pattinson. Because it doesn't feel like maybe and be you guys can correct me on this it doesn't feel like it's stolen from any like like previous iteration of the batman suit it feels like it's trying to be something slightly new for the big it's screen thing. even compared uh, to the video games is actually that's actually okay. not true I, 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 that's like, <laughs> well here i'll sell i'll say why sadly, the sadly. leather i like the real yeah. leather gothy aspect of it the boot the laced up boots the leather cape and the leather mask that looked like real leather like that really did it for me but leslie you you school me on what what is ripped off from <laughs> yeah so actually this suit bears a a lot of resemblance to the original designs for the batman movie that bit oh, affleck no was gonna do which borrowed for from the arkham interesting so, well the, yes. mm -hmm. that's what this is more yeah it, I, I was actually shocked uh, by this because I assumed they were going to go with my pick for the best suit, the Batman versus Superman suit or something similar for those Batfleck uh, films, but they actually were not going to do that. They, they were they had some new designs and the at the uh, Pattinson one looks a lot like that. One. That's interesting. Well, I like I like the way that the chest plate on it is not like a fake abs looking plate like it just almost just looks like armor like rigid armor and that's one of the things that bugs me about all the previous batman suits had that sort of padded ab look to them even even the nolan ones yeah. even though they're lessening that it still has that and i just it just comes off as corny to me but yeah i mean i think that other than that like the the chest plate kind of reminds me of the arkham games and feels a little bit like a ripoff but i like how you just can feel like and this is gonna sound weird but i feel like you almost like smell the leather there's like a goth like leather store <laughs> vibe to it that i i really dig like and i i kind of i just too bad that they still can't make him not like fully black you know they have like there's but so that's the affleck costume right. i think probably a tie for me because at least they throw in some gray in there it's like mostly just gray yeah um, but yeah 
You know, I I think that the Affleck costume for me is prob probably is my favorite if I'm if I'm really getting into it. But just for the sake of fun, I'm actually going to go with Batman '66 just because okay. it has some more color to it. It evokes like something a little bit different from the other costumes, and and yeah, it's not like. You know, it's 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 designed to be kind of what it is, like a man wearing a, a Batman costume, not so much a bunch of fake abs and stuff like that. So best Batmobile. Yeah, I probably have to go Batman versus Superman just for the the fun of it. I, I, I've I never been like that hot on many of the Batmobiles or maybe even the original Burton Batman is the other one that I would like consider just for being it's a, a very one. iconic look. Most of them are pretty good. I actually end up, I like the Batman versus Superman one only after I saw it in action. At first, I didn't like the design at all. I thought it was too much like the Tumblr, but the way it's used in the movie absolutely uh, sold me up on it. Although uh, my second choice, probably the Batman Forever one, just because that one is <laughs> just so fun. It's got that really, it, they like make the logo look like more like flashy on that one, I feel like, with the weird yeah. wings on it. And they had to design special tires to keep the Bat logo stationary <laughs> while the movie oh, yeah, so They had to like design some fucking, they had to engineer something for that to work. That was pretty cool. It is funny how they, they add, when they start adding too many things to these Batmobiles, you can just start telling how rickety they are. Like even the tumbler by dark knight rises has that gun on it it's kind of shaking around and you could tell it's not like real metal <laughs> but i gotta say even though i don't like the tumblers look and it looks very like military you know modern u.s military i think as far as the batmobile goes the two batmobile sequences in in batman begins and dark knight are incredibly well done i mean especially i i love the one in batman begins when he's like flying across the rooftops and stuff so just in terms of how it's used, I think that's the, that's probably my favorite, the Tumblr. Even though not loving the design, I would probably prefer just the look of some of the other ones. And the last one, best Joker. I gotta go with Ledger. I still think he's pretty good. I, I like all the Jokers except the new one. I think the new one's actually bad. It's just like outright the performance is bad. But the Ledger one, I actually still like, still enjoy. Probably still my favorite. You're talking about Joaquin Phoenix? Uh, I gotta go with Nicholson. Like, being bad? Oh, I don't... Did you mean Leto? Oh, no, or... no. I meant the uh, Barry... Oh, Barry sorry. We forgot how Barry many Jokers there's been. Sorry. <laughs> oh, right. I forgot. Yeah, we didn't even include Joaquin. I don't know. I don't think we could count Joaquin as a Joker no. in this one. He didn't yeah, face in Batman. Way. Um, I gotta go with Nicholson Joker, the classic. Okay. I... I think Ledger, for me, um, his performance grows on me every time I see it. His intro, like I was saying before, I think is amazing. The pencil trick and the little, even by the time he leaves that room and he's pulling the string on those grenades to threaten everybody is amazing. His his visual, his, just his physical acting, I think, is really part of what makes that role so great. Um, and I, I don't know if it'll ever be topped. I hope it, I mean... I'm just hoping they'll just put someone in regular white face paint again and just let them act their ass off instead of doing a bunch of makeup. But, you know, I don't know. That's all I hope for for a future Batman movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, folks. That was Struggle Session. Thank you so much for joining us on this tour through the Batman films. We much appreciate it. Have a good one. Peace.
like what you hear, want to hear more, check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.